Anne. You may be seated. No doubt, no doubt you had expected. Gabriella to come back up again. <laughs> okay. No doubt you had expected this morning for me to read from the Gospel of Luke, the second chapter, and beginning at the first verse. And I'd like to do that again this year. Would you please stand for the reading of God's Word? <clears throat> And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth unto Judea unto the city of David to be taxed with Mary his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days <clears throat> were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, lay him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were so afraid. But the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you that ye shall find that babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, good will toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go into, even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the sayings which was told them concerning the child. And all they that heard it wondered at these things, which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her hearts. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. May God add his blessings to the reading of that beautiful story once again this morning. Would you bow with us as we pray? <clears throat> Humbled, Lord, at the thought of the story once again today, we just ask you to bless us with uh, remembering, with thinking, with recalling, and with just knowing what you did that day as you come to earth, as you became a child, as you became a, a man, and then became the Savior of the world. And Lord, we just thank you for this special time of year when we can worship and uh, come together to celebrate the birth of our Savior. Lord, guide us now as we look at your word again, and as we see a, a sign from heaven that will direct us to be able to tell others that Jesus is coming again. 
and that we might be able to recognize the signs from heaven that will show us as we study your word and let it reflect through your scriptures. And Lord, that we might be able to tell others what a joy it is to know Jesus, especially during the Christmas season. Guide us now, Lord, in this special time of worship. In your precious name we pray. Amen. As we have enjoyed the thoughts of the Advent season that we have been lighting the candles. First was the candle of hope that Vince and Louise has uh, lighted for us. And we've seen that that blessed hope was what we can know when we know Jesus. Then we lit the candle of peace, which is, represents uh, the brightness and the, the, the pleasantness that we can have as David and Brenda came forward and lit the candle of peace as we said that in that people enjoying a Christly encounter. And then when we left the peace, Anita and Carol came and lit the candle of joy, knowing that joy is a product of what we can have in our hearts and soul when we know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord of our lives. Then we came then to the words of love that Farrell and Janie had, came, had come and, and lit for us, and the love that we know that God sent to earth, a love that would be pronounced in a very physical way, though by the Spirit God had always loved creation, but he came as his Son, the incarnate God, came in Jesus and showed us that love that we can have, the purity of the white candle then today was lit by Amanda and Gabriella. As we see that, that, that purity of hope that we can have in our hearts, that, that, that brings a brightness of the lights of God's love that we can reflect on even today as we near the time of celebrating Christmas and understand what it can mean to us as a child of God. And so it seems like on the eve of another Christmas, we pause to ponder the words that Luke has written, and we see that we know that the happiness that we can have as a child of God is something that is instilled in us when we become a child of God. And now, you know, I was thinking, you've heard it said that we need to treat each day as a gift. And certainly I believe that is so because you see, as we come into a new day, even this Sunday morning, this Sunday morning will never happen again. We know that yesterday has gone and tomorrow may not come, so today is what we have. But it seems like sometimes we get up of a morning and I'm guilty and we begin to chase the thoughts that we have on our hearts about some directive that we have maybe next week, maybe next, the next day, maybe the next month or year. And it seems like that we ought to stop and unwrap the joy of the gift of the today. And I think that's the God that we need to love and know, that he wants to bless us today. He said that to Moses and to others in the Bible, he's the I am God. And, and I think God was saying that I was the God in the, in the beginning. I was the God in things that has already happened. And I will be the God in the future as it unfolds. But I want to be the God of the I am right now, God, the God of today. And so I think that we need to ask God to help us and uh, to realize the importance of the moments that we have. And, you know, we recently have experienced some of the loss of our membership, and it just makes us more realizing how thankful that we are to be and, and that we can have cradled in our hearts uh, that joy in knowing Jesus, that blessedness and that peace and that happiness that can come if we just put our priorities in the right place. And I think that's a very needful thing in the Christian community today. You know, 
uh, I was just thinking this morning, uh, praying about the service, and uh, I thought, you know, we're 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 a person as a soul. We're a person as a physical existence that houses that soul. And I wonder sometimes if my soul, maybe yours, has a battle on its hands. The body, the physical, as we seem to present to other people has things to say and to do and that maybe the soul is battling against us. The soul saying, but don't do that, but do this or do that. And I wonder sometimes if the struggle of the soul and the physical body isn't something that we are to reckon every day of our lives. It's something that we need to realize that who we really are and who you are is the soul that God will keep throughout eternity and as a child of God enjoy the promise of heaven that he has made in the, in the Bible and to each of us. And so as we think about the story of, of Luke as he is recorded, you know, I like the other, uh, other uh, gospels, Matthew, we had that in Sunday school this morning, and Matthew does a fine job, but he says some things that Luke doesn't. We can get on into John's gospel, and he tries to find, and it seems like if you start reading the gospel of John, you'll see him trying to find another way to describe Jesus. And on and on he'll go, even in the book of Isaiah, when he talks about Jesus, he talks about the wonderful, the counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace, and on and on. We can see in the Bible how people try to relate to somehow to describe Jesus. And you know, it's a challenge, I think, to you and I today. As we just just last week had the opportunity to go uh, to some of the homes and some of the uh, personal places of of residents that some of our members uh, live and uh, even had the opportunity to go to the local jail and uh, a judicial center and was able to share with them the story of Christ and what a wonderful opportunity it is and we must not pass up that opportunity to do that. We must seize every chance that we have to tell someone about Jesus because tomorrow may be too late. Yesterday has passed and maybe you neglected that opportunity, but let that die with the yesterday and let it be born again in your heart and desire to tell someone else about Jesus. And I think we need to do that. And Luke is a person, Dr. Luke, and he's probably the only Gentile writer in the Bible. And he is a person who has penned some of the most beautiful ways to describe the birth of Jesus. And you know, it starts out and it came to pass. And I was pondering that this week. Different times I was thinking about that verse and it came to pass. You know, it was no accident that Caesar Augustus would declare a census that needed to be taken. It was no accident that Mary and Joseph had to go down to Bethlehem, their ancestral city, the city of David, in order to be taxed. It was no accident that all of these events would take place. Even in Herod himself, would not have felt like that God was leading him to do such and so or a call for a census or Caesar Augustus. He wasn't doing what he thought God was telling him. God didn't tell him a thing. God just used what he was telling to bring about the birth of his son. And so as we listen to the story, it seems like that it, it's very much falling into place as God foreseen it way yonder years even before it would happen. And one of the things, we, we was talking also in Sunday school class about the star, the signs that was showing the people, even the wise men were to find the Savior. One of the reasons, and listen to me, children of God, one of the reasons that they were able to recognize the signs in heaven was they were looking for a sign in heaven. 
One of the reasons they were able to find their way to the Savior in the birth of Bethlehem was that they were looking for the birth of Jesus to come. And I believe we have a similar call today. We know that Jesus made a promise when he went back to heaven, I'm going to come back again. And so we're living under the shadow of that promise, I will be back. And so I think that we ought to be ready to talk about that. Jesus is coming back. And we are, as the, as the wise men and as the shepherds, we have signs over and over and over again that tells us about the coming. The Bible says in places there'll be wars and rumors of wars. Well, we're in the shadow of that for sure. Talks about many signs and wonders that will come to, bat, come to place as Jesus nears his coming. And I believe we're in the shadow of his coming back. Someone said, when is he coming? I'm not sure, but he was on his way when he got back to heaven that day. He is getting ready to come to claim his children. And one of the calls, you know, we talk about Christmas. I love Christmas. It's, Christmas is my special time of year. Ask my wife. I love Christmas. It's just so much joy to it. Everybody seems to have more love for their fellow man and for the family. And I just see a wonderful joy and not to leave out the big dinner. But I feel a special feeling at Christmas time. And I know, you know, we have uh, some people think of Santa Claus as a little off-shadowed, and maybe so, but I want to tell you something. When I was a little kid, Santa Claus would come. When our children were little, small children, Santa Claus would come. But I want to say to you that it was not just Santa Claus in our home. Every Christmas, we would pause to read the Christmas story. Every Christmas, we would sing the carols of singing about the birth of Jesus Christ. And we would celebrate the gifts. Is that not a symbol of God's gift to us in salvation that he brought to the soul? And as you give a gift this time, think about what Jesus gave to you. And maybe what you might need to give to him. One of the most beautiful wrapped packages that you could give to Jesus this Christmas is be yourself. Wrap it up in the ribbons of God's love and let it be presented to him in a way that he would have a joy himself. And I believe there's joy in heaven. It's Bible to believe that. That when one of God's children celebrate his birth, celebrate the giving of love to one another, then I believe heaven is pleased. I believe God is so pleased also. But as I think about, <clears throat> excuse me, as I think about the Christmas season, the Christmas story as Luke has written it, there's one thing that I always pause and reread several times. And that is, there was no room for him in the end. That kind of has a sad note with me, and yet God was in the middle of all of that. God wanted his son to come in a humble birth. It wouldn't sound right to say away in a Holiday Inn, Jesus came. But the humble birth that was God's idea to bring his son to, to not just be born into a world for a secular group, but for the world, rich and poor, common and uncommon, or whatever you want to say, all people Jesus came to be a minister to and to bring salvation to every single soul that was ever born or will ever be. But as we think about there was no room for them in the end, I think about that innkeeper. What about the innkeeper? Had he have known, had he had any inkling whatsoever that God, 
was about to send his sons through this couple that had stood at the door and asked if they had a place to stay. Had he have known, he would have given his all. He would have given that best room, his own room, and slept out in the, in the night air if he had have known Jesus was going to be born in his inn. But he didn't know, and it was God's will that he didn't know. One of the things that I believe God is good at is that revealing to us what we don't know. That is in a very special way. I think that uh, is one thing, that one gift that God has for us. You know, I was reading a story not long ago that a little boy and his father was driving down the street one day during Christmas. The snow was on and uh, the little boy said, Dad, there's a star hanging in a window once in a while. What, what, what does that represent? And the dad said, well, that son is when they had a son or a daughter that lost their life during the war. And they drove on a little farther and the little boy looked up in the sky and seen the brightest star he'd ever seen in his life. He said, look, Dad, God's got a star on tonight. I guess that means he lost a son in the war. God did give his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent his son that first Christmas to not condemn the world, but that the world through him could be saved. What a beautiful, powerful, loving, wonderful story the Christmas story is to you and I as his children. You know, I believe God is sending signs every day. And they may be sending one to you, he may be. But be listening and be looking and wondering just what God wants to say. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished. The time had come. God had dealt with his creation for so many years. The Bible indicates that from the time of creation to Abraham was 2,000 years. From the time of Abraham to Jesus' birth, some 2,000 years as we reckon time. Probably a little different than we really understand. And now it's been another 2,000 years, a little more, a little about. Do you wonder what God's got in mind for this, this 2000? We might ought to try to be ready for Jesus to come. We might ought to be ready to look for a sign that Jesus wants to tell us about his coming. The little boy was listening to a missionary tell about the story of Jesus. And she talked about how that, uh, the gifts were a symbol of love for one another. And so the little boy, after the meeting with the missionary, that next day he went way yonder far, a lot of walking. I don't know how, remember how far the story said. And he found a seashell, a beautiful seashell. And he brings it back. The next the time of meeting, he brought it up to the missionary and he handed her this seashell. And she knew that that beautiful seashell didn't come from the neighborhood for sure. She said, son, where did you get that? That that is a, a beautiful seashell. And he told her how where it was way. Well, she said, that, that was just too much trouble. That was too far to go for you to get me something. You could have got something more local. He said, but miss, the walk was part of the gift. And sometimes the effort you spend is part of the gift. The effort you spend in sharing with one another is part of the gift. So be ready to give your all that Jesus might have all of you in this season and in all seasons of life. 
Well, the story of Jesus' birth never gets old to me. It was a chosen vessel that Joseph and Mary were picked. A unique story that is told about a man and a woman who had been chosen in the entire world to be special people to bring about the birth of Jesus. So I want you to know, as God called Mary and Joseph, either singular Joseph and then there was Mary, God is still looking for people who will carry out his plan. God is still looking for maybe not someone to bring birth to a, to a miraculous some, someone, but somebody that who is just willing to let God lead their lives. Are you willing to do that, especially in this Christmas season? Would you let God have his right in your life? Would you let God shine his lights of love through you? Would you let God shine his lights of hope through you? His lights of joy, the brightest light of all, Jesus? Would you let God use you this Christmas? I wonder how it would be if God didn't have you and me. But he does have. And you are a special vessel that has been called to carry out the message of God's love. This Christmas especially. There will be maybe more. There has been many. But this Christmas is going to be a special Christmas for you if you want it to be. Do you want to have a Merry Christmas? God will grant it if you will just look to him for the guidance he wants to give. Would you bow with us in a word of prayer? Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you today for the promise of your son that came about, that he came to share a love that we didn't hardly understand, but a love that was spread throughout the world and even down through time to us today, that, Lord, we can have a hope in our hearts that seemingly was hard to find without Jesus. But he was your son, reflecting your love. And we thank you, Father, for that promise that we have and for cradled in our hearts that love that will not only carry us through this life, but into glory once in a little while. Guide us now, Lord, in this invitation time. If there be someone here that's not ready to celebrate Christmas in the right way, would you lead them to make that commitment? If someone here today is not a Christian, Lord, trouble their hearts to see that joy to know Jesus. Guide us and let this invitation be yours to each one of us. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen.